welcome to the DC Beer Show. We are at DC Beer across social media. Brandy, good evening. What are you drinking on this lovely, mild February uh, evening? Hi, Jake. Yeah, it does feel like spring. Uh, I'm I'm really digging it. Uh, not gonna lie. I'm drinking a delicious crooked crab winter lager called Snow Crab. I very much enjoy this beer. <laughs> and speaking of crooked crab. I want to say happy fifth anniversary to all of our friends over at Crooked Crab who make that delicious uh, Maryland beer. Uh, they are selling, celebrating their anniversary both Saturday and Sunday this upcoming weekend. So if you can make it one day and not the other or both days, go for it and, and drink some extra beers for us. Mr. Stein, what's in your Stein? Well, Brandy, I have a very special beverage this evening that goes by the name Lost Time. What is Lost Time, you ask? It's a Keller beer with Tetanang and Herzbrucker hops. It's 5% ABV. There are really some special hops in here, all the way from Germany. Uh, head brewer Roe Gunzel, head of production at Blue Jacket, uh, really had to fight tooth and nail to get the Tettnanger hops from Shore Hop Farm in Tettnang, Germany, of course, and then the Herzbrucker hops from Zeitz Farm in, in the Hollerdau in Hollertau, Germany. And it's just absolutely phenomenal. Blue Jacket has a beer on draft, not in can, but on draft that myself and Ron Pattinson, beer historian, helped brew called Park Street Sparkling Beer. So I had some of that on Friday, was just blown away with it on draft. And then uh, brewer Colin Jordan was like, hey, man, I got this Keller beer. I was like, let's try it. And it was so good. I had to take a four pack home. It was just absolutely dynamite. Fresh German hops make a fresh Keller beer. It's phenomenal. Jordan, my man, my mellow. (laughs) <laughs> what what's in your stein what's what's in your glass this evening well i i decided to do a, a bit of a double feature here uh hazy ipa as usual a little bit of laurel with some jailbreak the special lady friend it's one of their flagship ipas that i i love oh so much uh and just because it's black history month you know two for one special also went to a other half and ooh, it's a beautifully crafted double hazy IPA with Citra, Enigma, El Dorado, and Tomahawk Cryo. So not German hops, but we're sticking with the hoppy theme here. Jake, what are you having? I am actually kicking it back to the German hops because I've got Union's uh, Blackwing, a short spirit. Actually had it on extremely slow pour as in it took like 20 minutes and had a whipped meringue foam head, which was delightful on Friday. Doing a love that beer uh, pre-gaming in Baltimore and figured I'd pick up some of that. Used to be available a bit more year-round. Now it is seasonal, but I would say absolutely tis the season. Always nice to see uh, Blackwing back. All right, Brandy, you teased already a beer event this weekend. What else do we have going on, folks, the weekend of the 18th and 19th? Yeah, it's a big weekend. So not only is Crooked Crab celebrating their anniversary, but we are, well, 
us as the DC Beer Group, we're going to be hanging out in Virginia on Sunday. We're going to head to G34.3 in Lorton. And if you recall, I had just finished an interview with Bree over at that brewery. So check that podcast out. And uh, if you are in the area in Lorton, Virginia, come hang out and say hey. Uh, And then we're also going to check out Settle Down Easy on Sunday. But on Saturday, I and Jake and hopefully bunch of other people from the DC beer group, we're going to be at city state. And the reason we're going to city state is because urban garden brewing is releasing another beer called roses aren't dead. And there's some pretty big urban garden brewery news. So you might even hear it on this episode, (laughs) right? Stein. (laughs) Oh yeah. You tuned in. So we're going to catch you up. A little teaser, I was talking to Imani during our interview, and she gave me some proprietary information that I'm happy to share with you. Late breaking. So uh, Roses Aren't Dead has both dried rose petals and rose hips in it. Dried rose petals in the mash and rose hips in the whirlpool. You know, Imani stays on channeling that ancient Egyptian uh, beer as a tonic uh, healthful, herbal, aromatic beverage. So if you haven't been to City State, please join us on Saturday. Um, if you're listening to this and it's after Saturday, February 18th, go over there. They are guaranteed to have some Urban Garden beer on draft. We'll get to that a little bit later. But Brandy, there is a lot. There's a lot going on, right? And I know, so we've talked a little bit about some some of the ongoings here in D.C., uh, in Maryland with Crooked Crab. What else is happening out there in the beery universe? The other Virginia festivity this weekend is over at Highside. Shout out to Jensen and the good folks at Highside. Crooked Crab's turning five. Highside turning five as well. Jensen always puts a bunch of cool beers on. Um, and happy anniversary to them. Jordan. Yeah, just, you know, I got to represent for my my Marylanders out there. Um, Kushwa, they'll actually be at Craft Beer Cellar tonight, this Friday. So if you're also if you're looking for something to do in the district just to tee up the Urban Garden release on tomorrow, definitely check out good old Maryland. One of Maryland's many IPA factories, uh, Kushwa, uh, just to get some of that good stuff at CBC. All right, Stein, take us away with this interview with... Imani at Urban Garden, and James at City State. Thank you for joining us. I am Mike Stein, and I am thrilled to be here with Imani Collier, owner of Urban Garden Brewing, and James Warner, owner of City State Brewing. Imani, James, thank you both so much for coming on the DC Beer Show. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. It's good. It's good to be back with the both of you. Um, so to the uninitiated listener, someone who, which I can't believe someone would not be familiar, but with your small businesses, tell us a little bit about Urban Garden Brewing and who is Urban Garden Brewing and City State Brewing Company and who is City State Brewing Company? Um, so Urban Garden Brewing is a contract brewing based in contract brewing company based in Washington, D.C. Our recipes are inspired by ancient Egyptian practices. So we use a lot of uh, flowers, herbs and spices. Uh, in our beer, so our beer is very rem- reminiscent of tea. Um, and yeah, we were creating um, products that are approachable for all and changing the way craft beer is experienced in our community. That's wonderful. And James, can you give the uninitiated listener a little tidbit about who City State Brewing Company is, how old you are, and, and what you're all about? 
City State Brewing is production brewery and tap room uh, in the Edgewood neighborhood of D.C. We're right on the Metropolitan Branch Trail and right off the Rhode Island Avenue Metro Station. It's a product of a lot of work of mine to get it started. And now we have uh, an amazing group of people that keeps the dream going every day of building uh, new hometown brands for D.C. and of creating connection to the history and culture of the district and living the values of the district and everything we do. That's wonderful. Imani, when we last spoke, you mentioned that getting your brand up and running, getting your small business, the licensing process was challenging and it felt like it took forever before your your brand was up and running. But you mentioned that you got positive support from the DMV Black Restaurant Week group, the Brain Trust, working through the licensing processes and some of the red tape. What challenges are you finding these days and how are you overcoming them? I'm so happy that I overcame those challenges because <laughs> uh, those were very challenging. Um, so I, th- I think right now, one of our biggest challenges is running out of beer. <laughs> and, you know, people always say that's like a good problem to have. And I'm like, yes and no, because when you run out a product, you can't meet the man. And, and so that's that's been like one of our biggest things yet last year is having building this brand, having people want our beer and not being able to fulfill those orders. So I would say that was one of the biggest challenges next to capital. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. James, you've been at it now for a year and a half. I know some things have changed. You receive a DC locally made manufacturing grant, which was reported you used it to purchase your canning line. How have things changed in a year and a half? How has that canning line affected your business? Well, what's changed in a year and a half is that we've uh, we've been in business for a year and a half longer. So we've uh, really been able to increase our, our footprint in, in D.C. and uh, be, be in places that we only uh, you know dreamed about right when we were starting. And the canning line has been uh, an integral part to that. The grant allowed us to buy the basic canning line. And then we added a labeler to it and a machine for applying the six-pack Pactex. And that really gave us the ability to be very flexible in what we can. Because our brewery is set up to have, with a 20-barrel system and a five-barrel system, we can be efficient at large and small scales. And so, you know, we sort of figured an economic minimum of 50 cases for any project, 1,200 cans. And we have been able to uh, enter into a number of and foster a number of partnerships with smaller brands, with cultural institutions like uh, the downtown bid, like the, the what we're doing for uh, the beer that we're doing for DC Defenders, sometimes rebranding our own beer, sometimes making a brand new beer from scratch. And then functioning as a contract brewery, it gives an enormous amount of flexibility to our customers because they can just order, you know, through our, our own label provider. And, um, you know, we, we have the bright cans ready and we've really been able to fulfill the promise that we made in our grant application, which was to use the canning line in a way like a record studio or a, a printing press and put out more things than are just city states. And those have been good business. Um, and they've also been tremendous way to build partnership. We also won a, a Great Streets grant to uh, to buy fermenters. 
And uh, that has also been an integral part of being able to offer contract space to Urban Garden because it allows us to always have space for our core beer that keeps us going. Um, and then we can really dedicate production to, to another brand. That's excellent. Thanks for filling us in. Imani, you have brewed several batches of beer. Um, you've had them manufactured at different breweries around D.C. How is brewing uh, at City State different from the other breweries you've worked for? I, I've lost count if it's three or four, but how is City State different from those other two or three that you've previously made batches of beer with? So I have did my initial contract brewing with Bright Proper, and then I did my 30-barrel batch of Camelite with DC Brow. And then, um, so it's been between the two. And then after like, you know, kind of meeting with James and um, getting our collaboration beer going, uh, we already had in mind that, you know, we wanted to do a partnership in some type of way. And I would say the difference is, again, um, them having that fermenter (laughs) And um, and having that fermenter and it being dedicated to our products has been very, very helpful. And I love Red Proper, I love DC Brown, but the thing I would say, the challenge is tank space, right? So if we're running out of beer and we need to re-up on this beer, this product right away, you know, but there's no space no, no fermentation space, or there's just too many beers on the schedule. Unfortunately, we have to kind of wait, you know, and, and I think with this new collaboration to be able to be able to brew on demand, keep up with demand, um, and then not only just having pro- production space, tank space, but also having a space to host our events, having a tap line to bring people in to try like, you know, pilot projects and stuff like that. So I think this is a very unique kind of partnership that we are very, very excited for. And it's really going to allow us to not just create the the beer, but have a space for people to kind of come and, you know, be a part of our Urban Garden experience, if that makes sense. Absolutely. That that makes a ton of sense. Um, the experience is always such an integral part. I would be remiss to not mention my good DC beer friend, Brandy, who always says, Imani has this energy and just being in her presence draws you in. And it's like, you know, and it, and it is an experiential thing, beer. Absolutely. So creating the experience is huge. James, I, I want to know a little bit about uh, your new progressive collaboration. How, you know, Imani mentioned a little bit about um, the experience and having the event space in addition to the fermenter and, and the tank space. Tell us a little bit about what we're calling this new progressive collaboration. Well, I think traditional contract relationships are very much Someone makes a, a batch of beer for uh, you know for a company. They purchase it um, and they take it off site and they sell it themselves. And sort of making it a success is fully on the responsibility of of the contracting brewery and not not the one who's making. It. And what that is is kind of only half the story of allowing or you know opening up access to your equipment because and and to your creative home because you know it's great to get the first thing to get something done once but that so you can you can do it again you can do it more than once and so uh, you know i saw with someone talking about amani's energy 
you said uh, someone spoke about Imani's energy and the the creative energy that Imani and her team have and what they the vision that they have for Urban Garden it is very much like my own. And so I wanted to give space and way to a to a fellow traveler, but also because we can't just as a as a, as a, a brewery today, it's just based on surviving, just based on the beer that you are making and the, the the beverages that you are making, and that's going to be all the income that you're going to have. Um, I think is is pretty shaky, but if the space and your equipment and the facility for making like for making beer, for making beverages, for creating culture, it doesn't have to be one person or one brand at the you know on on the label all the time, and that's why I use this the record label uh, metaphor. So what's different about this arrangement is that we have Amani knows and Urban Garden knows that they have 20 barrels of production time available to them whenever they want it, that they buy grain along with us. And that is, that is, those are their ingredients that sits there that, you know, that, that we have. And so that when it's, they're ready to make it, you know, we, we make uh, the beer for them, that it's to the specifications that they want. But that also, so that's very important because they can plan with that. They can plan, they can plan to send beer to distributors and they can either go through our distribution channels or they can choose their own. And it really not only facilitates access to market, but access to market in a, in a sustainable and profitable way. It's hard to make a profit contract brewing. Yeah. And it's hard to make a profit selling. It's hard to grow that brand. And that's what we're offering. Thank you, James. Imani, I want to know a little bit about what new and exciting things are coming down the pike. I know you've got a beer release coming up Saturday. We're super excited for uh, what's new and exciting that we should be on the lookout for. Lots of new and exciting things. And I also just want to, you know, piggyback off of James and, you know, this non-traditional contract brewing is, so amazing for us, and we're very, very ha- happy and grateful for the opportunity. Uh, with that being said, we have our Roses Aren't Dead Pell releasing Saturday. It's going to be a cute, lighthearted, come out, have some drinks with us. We'll have music and food. Camelite is coming back. We'll have Camelite back as soon as March, which I'm really excited about. And I think... I might have made this announcement on Instagram, but we are um, planning our full rollout in Chicago. So we are currently distributed in Chicago, but they will be taking on. uh, We're kind of working to get our core brands out there. So Camelite and Roses Aren't Dead. And yes, um, and, you know, this this amazing new partnership. So this is the new and we are really excited for all of the things. our team is growing. We have a lot of awesome brand ambassadors and brand reps that you'll see out and about. New merch coming. You know, yeah, we're really courtesy of, uh, well, actually, I have to keep that one secret, but <laughs> we're going to have really great, awesome apparel coming out. So we're really making Urban Garden not just about beer, but we're a whole lifestyle. So I'm really excited. For 2023. Oh, that's super exciting. I can't wait to uh, enrobe myself in some new merch 
while drinking a, a new batch of Camelite and uh, having having roses aren't dead uh, on deck as as my backup uh, pale ale. Um, Imani, thank you so much for your time. Uh, James, thank you so, both so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you Saturday and then we'll see you in March for Camel Light. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you, DC Beer. Welcome back. Thank you, Imani. Thank you, James. Very, very cool news there. We'd love to see it. All right. Elsewhere, looking beyond this weekend, more events. And we know um, CBC has had a bunch of tastings. Andy's Pizza in Noma, shout out to uh, Emily, beer director over there, is going to do a, a tap takeover with Maryland's Landmade that just turned one. Everyone's favorite Maryland uh, one-year-old farm to table brewery yeah and sticking with craft beer cellar and that thursday elder pine will be doing a bit of a tap takeover and some can tastings at craft beer cellar as well so always uh some fun there and if you're looking for something to do on a friday uh, for, of next week got a couple of events for you got commonwealth at craft beer cellar just wrapping things up in dc for that friday but if you find your way to silver spring maryland astrolab and your boy, it's me. We are releasing, or actually, actually having our uh, Artemis Five release fundraiser. So come out, support some HBCUs. It is CIAA weekend, so I'm hoping to see a lot of HBCU love in the building in Silver Spring. But yep, Artemis Five was a collaboration we did for the uh, scholarship foundation I own and work with. So I'm excited for that, uh, and that's Friday and Saturday. Shout out to Howard alum, Soul Mega, Elliot, the gang. They're hosting a nice 8th Street Festival uh, on the 25th, so that's Saturday. So definitely keep your eyes peeled on, on their social media and on DC Beer social media for that. So a lot of good things happening to wrap up the last weekend in February. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be at Astrolab on the 24th and uh, going to go hit up 8th Street on the 25th and... I'm very, very excited about our February beer share. It's going to be at Hellbender. Our dear friends over at Hellbender, shout out to Ben. They have gracefully agreed to host us for that 26th. So if you'd like to join us, because our beer shares are always pretty freaking awesome, make sure you sign up for our newsletters, A, but B, RSVP, we've already sent out February's newsletters and you can find that. And if you can't find it, just let us know and we'll we'll point you in the right direction. But you do have to RSVP for it. Uh, and there's 26, there's something else going on. Big weekend, Jake. If you want to make a David on the red line, you know, Hellbender up at Fort Totten, but, you know, more on Noma, um, more of like, so sort of like the mainstream area of the MBT, um, Noma, I guess Rhode Island Ave, really. Um, Metro Bar, Craft Beer Cellar, a couple other folks. Um, we're going to do like a Black Brewery takeover at Metro Bar from 2 to 5 on the 26th. So there's no reason why you couldn't, you know, do a little bit of that and then head up the MBT, Metro, Uber, bike it, you know, not if you're too tipsy, but, you know, if you're, if you're just right, um, there's no reason why you can't hit both. You might see some DC beer people attend both. Um, but yeah, Black Brewery, um, Black Brewery Takeover. It's not just going to be like um, Sankofa, Soul Mega, 
Urban Garden. Um, we think that you, you'll be you'll be seeing um, Black Beauty, um, Liquid Intrusion, Black Viking, um, and so the, the Maryland Black-owned breweries are going to get in on this as well. Um, nice way to kind of send off Black History Month. Amen February is is filled with events, and I I'm loving that. <laughs> I'm loving this for us because everybody was doing yeah. Dry January, and we're we're bringing it very very um, powerfully in February. The powerful February. It is a it. damp, damp February out there. Shameless plug here for dcbeer.com slash events. If you don't see yours, fix that. If yeah, you submit, guys are submit drinking, an event. if you guys are drinking too much, I want to uh, quickly shout out this NA beer over at Other Half. I just had it the other night and it was freaking awesome. And that I haven't said that really about non-alcoholic beers in the past. They knocked it out of the park with this one. I don't remember the name of it. I'm so sorry. Uh, Matt's going to kill me for not remembering, but I know Jordan can attest to this. And uh, if you want to see Jordan and have that non-alcoholic delicious IPA, go to other half on Tuesdays for trivia. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, validated by a few few folks here. I have not had the NA IPA, which I am sure to do shortly to uh, write to rectify that situation. But <laughs> both DC beer friend and writer Greg Parnas told me it was good. My good friend Lisa, she uh, she's an economist. She, we were texting in the Google chat, and I was like, other half NA IPA, and she's like, I'm having it. It's good. I was like, is it good or is it great? She's like, I think it's great. And I was like, is it sweet? She's like, it's sweet, but it's bitter and it's hoppy. And I said, hop burn. She said, no hop burn. Completely unperceivable. So go try this NAIPA if you want to really try, you know, uh, the first non-alcoholic IPA that we're seeing in the District of Columbia. Yeah, yeah I heard that it's only going to be available in the tap room. Uh, that's that's what a little birdie told me. It's not going to be canned, at least as of now. So Make sure you go get it in the room, in the tap room. And as your your resident IPA hazy guy, I approve this message. So definitely get out there and check out, <laughs> check that out. Now, I, I and I and and before you guys say it, because I know somebody's thinking it. Yeah, I already told them they're a month late because it would have been absolutely perfect for January. But once they already got the recipe down pat, they can do it again next year. So definitely check out the other half of them. Yeah, maybe next year you get cans. True. Well, I hope everyone had a nice Valentine's Day and uh, I'll see you. I see you all this weekend and hopefully some DC beer listeners. That's right. Come see us. Yep. Yeah. And get that discount candy. Go nuts at uh, CVS and uh, right uh, in. Uh, it's your time to shine. And if you have a long weekend, enjoy the long weekend and, and drink beer, but don't forget to drink water too. All right. Over and out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> see y'all week after next. All right. Yeah, find us on the socials at DCBeer, dcbeer.com. Be well, everybody. <laughs>